Hello, and welcome to A Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan. My pronouns are he, him. And today I am joined by... Hey there, guys. My name is Tyler. Uh, pronouns are he, him. I'm going to be playing uh, Ricky, the fire-aspected street exorcist. Hi, everybody. My name's Christina. I will be playing Elion. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and Elion's pronouns are they, them. Uh, they are a water-aspected investigator. Hi, everyone. My name's Cody. Pronouns are he, they, and I play Amalar Divine, the air-aspected shady businessman. Hi, my name is Britt, and I play Resh Ferris. My pronouns are she, her, as well as Ferris's. She is a wood-aspected dragon-blooded who has a familiar named Zeke, who is a ferret, and she's kind of a performer, petty theft. And this is Exalted Like a Dragon-Blooded. I don't like this at all. Crap. I don't know how to respond to this. I'm going to have us keep moving. Because I don't want to like stop and talk about it unless we're safely out. And then once we're at a safer spot, we can decide what we're going to do with it afterwards. Fair enough. So I'm going to pretend I didn't hear anything, but still be very concerned as we like continue marching on. You guys continue to march on. Uh, Hello out there. Can can you please let us out? Uh, Britt, I have a question for, uh, for you concerning Ferris and specifically concerning Ferris's intimacies. Do you have any kind of intimacy that would make you want to either help people who are obviously trapped and are asking for help or any kind of intimacy that would want to make you help uh, people who are younger than you? I don't think I do. I have four intimacies written down. Uh, Family is important. Zeke is my trusty companion. Cruelty for the sake of it is wrong. And I hate my success being compared to my brother's. Okay. Um, and what is your resolve? Two. All right. The people on the inside as it, uh, of this crate, as it, you all move them through, you seem to be the only one who's heard them as it, you move them towards the door. They're basically making a plead for help, uh, to basically let them out right now. And they're going to try and do that with an instill action against your resolve. Would you like to do anything, either spend and spend essence on, I think that there's a, an integrity excellency that can up your resolve. And then I believe that there is also, um, you can also stunt it in any way, like by just kind of like giving us like a little peek into Ferris's, uh, like mental, like what's going on, like how you're trying to like, I'm not listening right now, like anything that you'd like to do for that. So quietly, but out loud. So that way, hopefully whoever's in the box can hear this, but I'm going to make it sound like I'm directing it to 
my group and just be like, if everyone stays quiet, we can get out of here alive and without being noticed. Then we can handle these crates. But I'm obviously using like a softer tone, nothing that sounds malicious because I'm talking to my group, but also making it so that way people in the crate will hopefully hear me as well. And then the only thing running through Ferris's mind would be getting the crate out as quickly as possible will be so we can pop it open and see who's in here to see if we can help. So she's going to try to like focus on getting them out faster with her group to avoid being caught so she can get them to safety. You know what? I really like that, Britt. Um, so uh, you said your resolve was a two, right? Um, for that like peek into like the way that Ferris thinks and how that she's doing things and trying to like steal herself, I'm going to give you a three-dot stunt. So your resolve is currently a five. Okay, so I just roll five dice? No, you don't. Uh, that's just a defense. It's like your AC got bumped up. Okay, cool. So my resolve is five. Is that good? Am I supposed uh, to beat it? Or are they supposed to beat it? You're supposed to, uh, y- you beat it. Yeah, your number is higher. Okay, good. <laughs> so that's a good thing for you. Look, I know there's some times in Exalted or these weird games where if you roll higher, it's not good. So I just want to make sure. Yeah, because then if they could have broken through your resolve, you might have like convinced that you basically might have convinced your group to set it down and get them out right now. So you guys make it through Doki, who has been watching the or the door diligently uh, keeps it open as the four of you pass through the large doors and you can literally see the fog wall starting to ease up as you're heading towards your uh, your destination with the other crates. It's a little bit of a trek, but you do manage to make it there before the uh, the fog wall dissipates completely. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, I had a charm at the help if we needed it, but we're good. Can I, on the way out with the crate, like whisper to Doki to lock it up after we leave so it's less suspicious? Yeah, of course. That That gets done real quick. So Desert Bloom, they jump down and land with their uh, metal high heels upon the uh, one of the wooden crates and then jump down with a clack and take a uh, puff of their three foot long pipe. Well, 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 Ferris, darling, that was fantastically done. I couldn't have done it better myself. I, I would be under I would be under the assumption that uh, I don't know how stressful of a situation that would have been, but uh, does she keep her like? chameleon skin up i i i would assume no uh, i would assume that like you kept it up for a while and then now that you're like finally like getting a breather from after all this like you're you might be stressing out a little bit like uh like like post post i've done a crime stress and a willpower roll is just willpower right correct Yep, you are all good. You are able to keep your uh, skin from changing colors. Ferris is going to kind of take a breather and kind of nod and kind of look over at the crew and just be like, everyone here did a fantastic job. Thank you and congrats. They all uh, nod and uh, basically have congratulatory like hugs and everything and uh, meatball over there. Uh, 
Demik cracks open a beer basically and just start uh, like cracks open a wine skin and starts drinking from it. And I'm going to kind of let them celebrate a little bit. And then I'm just going to get a more serious tone and a serious look and just say, we are not out of the water water yet though. And I'm going to point to the big crate. Ah, yes. Well, of course we're going to have to find a way to fence the goods inside, right? About that. This particular crate, I want to uh, pop open first because I have a feeling the goods inside are not going to be something we can fence. Hmm. Well, if you say so. Um, are we at the safe house, like wherever we're bringing these stuff? Or are we still kind of like in our little meeting point? You guys are still in your little meeting point. Uh, it's basically, to- uh, it's still in the harbor section, but it's like a couple blocks down away from where uh, most of the guild patrols are. Okay. How is the crate closed up? Is there like a lock on it or is it like bolted shut? And are there holes in this crate? No, there are not. And yes, it is locked shut. There's a large uh, double door on the front with a very massive and intimidating looking padlock on it. Okay. Uh, do I know how my family sees, I guess, prostitution or selling people? I guess selling people in general is the big, is the better term for this one. Yeah, I was going to say, technically, those are two different terms. In this case... Without opening up the crate, you can't really get a good guess of who might be in there. I'm like, you know, it could just be someone trying to pretend to be a thing, or it could be, it could be a fair folk in there. It could be any number of things in there. But as far as the, the selling and procuring of innocent people or of people in general, the family does not look does not look well upon it as far as uh to to answer your other question as far as like prostitution and brothels and things they're fine with it if that is the person's choice like you know your body your choice if you want to do stuff do it but they're they don't force people into doing it gotcha i I figured as much when you were like differentiating it i want to look to the group and then be like, can you guys get ready to grab a hold of whoever is in here? And I'm going like, to stress the words, whoever. And then I want to ask Demik to kind of stand a little closer to me and Daenerys and see if we can try to pick this lock. Okay. Please go ahead. You said you're going to go and try and pick the lock. Larceny and dexterity. Okay. I'm also going to spend one moat of my peripheral on nimble thief's fingers because that works on picking a lock. And I can reroll sixes until they cease to appear. All right. Now, you said this is a big lock. Is it kind of like high up? Like what I need to like climb on someone's shoulders to like reach it or can I reach it from the ground? You can reach it from the ground. Okay. Then I'm going to go up to the lock. I'm going to have everyone kind of stand around me to be prepared 
for whatever we need to do. Um, Demink, since he's bigger, um, if something goes wrong, <laughs> I want him to be prepared to like tackle me off to the side as like a protection, like from anything that might get us. If that makes <laughs> you, sense, you want him to 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 get down, Mister President? You. Yes, <laughs> if it needs to happen. All right. Uh, I'll give you, I will give you an extra two dice for just describing how that you're setting everyone up. Okay. So Dex, Larceny, and two dice. And I get to reroll three of those. And then I'll reroll one of those. Is that 11 successes? <laughs> so Ferris goes up to the, uh, to the lock and pulls out her tools. And within a moment, the tumblers pop into place and the lock pops open and the door is ready to be swung open by you. I'm going to uh, grab the door. I'm going to look at those around me, kind of give a, a nod of, are you ready? And then slowly open the door just enough so I can peek inside. So... Is there anything that you would like to do before you go to the Bountiful Bear? Mm, hmm. I can just have noodles with my bud one day, and then maybe I have to go run some errands, track somebody down real quick, last-minute assignment, and then have to go down there. So that's fine. We're going to swing in on uh, Elian walking into the Bountiful Bear. Elian, as you open up the door to the Bountiful Bear, you can see that it is a light with a soft mood lighting that uh, certainly uh, sets this place apart as a uh, definitely a brothel that is definitely above board. Definitely. Uh, some of the candles and the the way that the mood lighting and everything is set up, it, the, like there's little like splotches where that like basically like the settings that have made the firelight be moody and everything have kind of messed up. And now it's just bright for a second and then it's not everything. These things don't seem haste, so much hastily put together as they do just seem old and they've been here for a while. The place is not really up to date. Yeah, you could say that the brothel isn't up to code. As you walk in, there is uh, what can only be described as a uh, a madam of the brothel. She is a older woman who is painted up in, I would probably say, garish makeup. It, it does not suit her well. And she is in a kimono that is way too revealing for her age and also looks way too expensive. You can see many more lines than you ever thought was possible on the human figure. Got it. Well, hey there, darling. How can I help you? Hi. Yes. Uh, I'm looking for a very particular person. Um, I heard word that she might be over here. Um, and then Elan just gives the full description of, of my, has anybody like that come through here, uh, started working here? I'd be very interested to spend some time with them if they're available. Oh, I see you like them young, do ya? That's between me and them. Say no more, say no more. 
All right. Well, we've got up. Oh, nope. She's taken. And uh, oh, yeah, I got I got one right here. She uh, pulls a uh, she pulls out a ticket and it clearly and it says uh, Rose Bloom on it. That's uh, that's Rose Bloom. She's in the suite on the on the second floor. Real sweetheart. Don't let her don't let her fool you, though. Got kind of a mouth on her, you know. <laughs> Got it. And then she's gonna kind of slowly shift <laughs> to wherever they were told to go. You slowly shift to wherever that you were told to go. You go as directed towards uh, Rose Bloom. Yes, and going hopefully that I, I don't get sent to just someone who happens to have the same damn description. How bad is it along the way? And the vaguest of ways. What sense do you want to know how bad is it? Like, what is the... Um, we've already established this place is just not really up to code. Do they hear, like, distressed noises? Um, does this place smell like probably everybody's high? Or they might be, like, essentially... Is it, does it smell like something? I don't know how to describe it. Like it um, smell. So as far as the scents go, um, have you ever been in a place where there are too many scented candles and you know that there are too many scented candles because they are obviously hiding something? Yes. That is the, ex- it is an overpowering odor that is trying to overpower something else. Got it. it was more of, I was asking if I could smell like drugs or something, because if they're keeping, the people, because I don't know if there's if it's just all oh, uh, just women here. There could be guys here too. I don't know if they're just keeping people like drugged the whole time and kind of that submissive state, so they're more pliable to use for this whole purpose or not. Trying to uh, trying to basically gauge if people are being kept here against their will. I guess is probably the best way to to phrase it. Do you have anything that gives you a bonus to like smell? For awareness. Not to smell, no. Okay, uh, you said not to smell, so you have something else then. Uh, For visual, I have uh, cat's eyes. Right now, uh, in the hallway, nothing sticks out to you uh, that you can see. They're not clean, but like, basically there's not like heroin needles sticking around, you know? However, like I mentioned, there there is an overpowering abundance of scented candles, almost like someone's trying to hide something. You go to approach the door. Is there anything you'd like to do before you open this door and we start kicking some stuff off? I'm going to very quietly put my hand up to the door and use deep listening palm. And I'm going to spend five motes out of my personal for it. I assume if this is a different day, I've rested all of my essence back. Correct. Yes, I'm going to take those five notes out of my uh, my personal so that I don't flare more than dim. Because that's not what I'm trying to do. And I'm basically going to try and listen through this door, see if I hear any odd noises, if there's anybody like struggling in there, anything out of the ordinary. And just kind of like, close my eyes carefully and just let the sound pass through and into my body. 
Okay. Um, you don't have to make a roll for that since that you are going up against a wooden door. So it just happens. You can hear on the other side of the door, there is the small sound of uh, feet padding on the ground, uh, on the floorboards as someone is pacing. And they sound like that they're talking to themselves. Just two more baths to go, and then the madam says that I'm done, and I'll be out of here, and I'll have enough money to pay for uh, for the house for my brother. This will be fine. Just two more baths to help these people with. Just two more baths. That's all that we need. Two more baths. Gotcha. Uh, what would you like to do? Uh, I guess I'm going to open all the door all the way. And I'm going to try to, like, break their focus with the chanting. Oh, take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. I'm going to, like, yell that really, really loudly and just walk in. After a moment of hearing this, they all stop their chanting. They turn to you. And the only sound before that the elder up front can respond is the the woman that is chained and bound just going. <laughs> yes, yes. Howdy, fellas. So I'm looking for a bathroom. Uh. Oh, man. OK, so Tyler. Yeah. I don't think that we have time for the fight that I have planned. Okay. Now, uh, we have 20 minutes and I have an actual combat plan for you. Hmm. Okay. I was going to try to just big dick intimidate it, but judging by my surroundings, I don't think that's going to work. I will give you the opportunity. Okay. Well, let's role play it out and see how it goes. The Elder Acolyte uh, chants something real quick. Uh, like says something really quick and the uh, the bound woman uh, uh, shushes herself from her laughter and he turns to you, eyes the staff that you have and locks eyes with you. Brother Ricky. Nah, nah, I ain't got no brothers, man. You hold, you hold Hesias eternal flame as you did when you left the lap. It has been quite some time. Have you come to apologize? Oh, oh! You mean this stick? Yeah, it's a good stick. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't got much to apologize for. I don't think. But I see you're up to your, you're up to the new normal shit. I see. This being was breaking the order as prescribed by the Immaculate Dragons. It was only brought to our attention by, luckily enough, by the Guild Factor in town after she had. <sighs> emancipated about thir- about 40% of their entire slave population. Oh, so that's what you're all about now. Lying your pockets with money from slavers and sex traffickers? I want to say I'm surprised, but, you know, I'd be lying to you. Anywho, y'all gonna just go ahead and skedaddle? I can get back to my fucking day? I got other shit to do. Well, now that we know that you're here, we can't. we certainly can't let you leave. Oh, 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 you're gonna stop me, are you? <laughs> Uh, not only are you going to let me leave, you're going to fucking leave yourself before I even get the chance to leave. Oh, I certainly do plan on stopping you. You know, I'm not a mean guy. I'm really not. I'm not a cruel guy or a malicious guy. I don't like causing people harm like you fucks apparently do. 
But in Ezra's eyes, like some like steam and smoke is gonna like pour from his mouth. Don't make me fucking burn this place to the ground. And I'd like to roll intimidation. So that would be uh presence, I mean. Yes, uh so that'd be presence and manipulation? I would like to argue charisma because I'm not lying. I'm certainly being honest. Okay, yeah, I can do that. I'm certainly going to use glowing coal radiance, which is just the uh, excellency for for presence. Oh, sweet! So you get to roll roll non charm die for every ten that shows up, and uh, you can add automatic successes. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm probably also going to use burning dragon man, which lets me double nines against a single character. And an enemy who's always beaten in combat loses one initiative if you even if he resists. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. So is there a limit to how many uh, Excellency dice I can add? Uh, what is your presence score? Four. Uh, then it uh, then it is uh, four. Or I'm sorry, you can uh, you can add two automatic successes. I will do that, and then also use Burning Dragon uh, Mian. Okay, and is that coming from personal or peripheral pool? You can do over five from peripheral and start burn, uh, having your anima start flaring. I think that's more thematically intimidating, so we'll do that. Okay, and then for the good RP for the uh, for everything, I'll give you two extra dice and an automatic success. So that should put you at like I think three successes already. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be rolling uh, ten dice. Or do I get additional dice for the uh, RP too? Yes, uh, so two additional dice. So twelve and dice. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any specializations in intimidation? I do not. Okay. Then yeah. So then it would be uh, twelve dice. So 10 successes. Holy shit. Oh, wait. Actually, you get to roll uh, again for that 10 because of Burning Dragon Mian. Oh, or, I'm sorry, because of Glowing Coal Radiance. No, it's Burning Dragon Mian. It's actually double nines. So. Do you have any? Oh, yeah. So then that'd be, so it'd be eight. It's, it's eight that just got rolled. And then. I got to roll one, right? Yeah, you got to roll one. Nope. Nope. So only 11. Only 11 successes. Seeing this fiery display of power and everything else, the smaller monks here, uh, the ones who are... The acolytes. Yeah, the acolytes are going to begin running. I'm going to like look and see them run. I'm going to go like... Well, you better go uh, watch over your flock or whatever it is that bullshit that you do, right? The older gentleman up front just kind of stares you down and just goes, we watch over the correct order of the world and you are going against that order. Yeah, I'm going to watch all these fucking slaves you imprisoned walk free. Bye bye now. Have a nice one. Go fuck yourself. Uh, And he is going to come up to you to start fighting. Ooh. And uh, so, you know, because of your threatening, you have gotten rid of the uh, the battle group that was there to assist him. That's fine. All right. Uh, could you give me a perception and awareness role then? All right. So a few things are about to happen. The first is that as you peek in and a little bit of moonlight creaks through the uh, through the cloud cover and comes down directly onto the uh, directly onto the opening door, as is dramatically appropriate creation. And the gods are not without their sense of irony. 
you can see huddled within this crate are about 15 small humanoids. They're child size, definitely. They're maybe between uh, three and a half feet to at most 410. As the uh, the moonlight cascades off of the first one that you see, the first one that you see is small, hairless, and has pale white skin with little black marks on it. They're barely clothed, like rags at best. Are these are these what I would know as Jala? Is that is that what they're called? That is what they're called, and yes. Second question, follow up question. This is a really bad question let me rephrase this in my head before i say it out loud um <laughs> how does my family feel about jala specifically i honestly don't think that they care like they don't care about them or they don't care who they are they're still people they don't care about that like they, they're still people okay they're still people so being sold as like merchandise still bothers them that's what i was yes. trying to get at yes okay perfect um i'm just gonna kind of frown and look inside you said you just described the one do the rest of them look like that too to some extent yes there are a few that look like they might have been mixed in there's a few that are uh just very pale and you don't see any of the telltale black pockmark or the telltale black marks uh, of a Jala. Okay. I'm going to kind of turn to the group. And uh, so there's people in here. Uh, what? There's people in here. Well, that's hardly merchandise that we can sell. Well, I guess we should. And as soon as that gets said, there is a sudden eruption of fire in the sky as a as more or less the best way I can describe it is a flare shoots up and it is suddenly very bright out. And you can see along the rooftops are what looks to be a bunch of guild guardsmen. Everyone grab a crate and run. I'm going to look at the, the look into the crate. You guys come with me. If you want to not be in this crate anymore. They nod and do their best to follow you. Any of the really tiny ones. I'm going to refer to. Demik and have him carry them instead of the crate and have all of us carry the crates, the smaller crates. Okay. Uh, so you guys are going to go running out the other side of the. Uh... Yes, but I want to make sure that. We can get to whatever our safe zone is and not caught. Uh, so the thing is, is that as that you guys go to run down one of the uh, one of the alleyways, uh, another set of guild guards are going to come and block that alleyway entrance. And the same with the way that you uh, with the other way out of the alley. I'm going to look at Desert Bloom and just kind of be like, is is there anything you can do to get us out of here? Uh, mm, 
Yes, if you don't mind uh, a little bit more, uh, a little less subtlety than we're used to. Would you would you be able to hold them off for a little bit for me, though? I can try my best, and I'm going to point to the first set on one side and have uh, three people or two people go over towards that way. Kind of make like two walls with the prisoners, I guess, in this in between all of us, so they're not in the firing range. So I'll have like Demik and Doki and someone else on one side facing the one end of the alley and then me and the other two facing the other side of the alley. All right. Um, I'm going to do some rolls real quick. That's going to say how many basically rounds of combat that you have to survive for Desert Bloom to be able to pull off what they're going to pull off. Okay. Those are promising. Unless that's the amount of rounds I have to survive. Here's the deal. You have to survive three rounds worth of combat, and then a thing's going to happen. You are currently in the sub-basement of the Shaved Yetim. You've just scared off a gr- uh, an entire battle group worth of immaculate monks, and the leader monk has refused to... Uh, to bow to your advances. There is a warrior woman bound in jade manacles upon the raised platform here. And earlier they were yelling old realm scripture that appeared to be some kind of exorcism. Before the fight starts, I'm going to look over to the, the chain figure. Just uh, give me a minute here, lady. Shouldn't take too long. <laughs> Only a minute there. Excellent, I'll wait then. The older monk looks to you and taking the long white beard, he like strokes a hand through it. It, Like the beard is like a long wispy white beard that goes down to like his mid chest and he just kind of like flicks it to the side. A failed immaculate here to try and stop the order. Get out of my way, punk. And then I guess that both of you guys are going to roll join battle. Yeah. Yeah, so join battle is just like you're opening action into the combat, right? Join battle is essentially your uh you're taking your stance, you're drawing your weapons, uh it's also how you roll for initiative. What is around me? Is there like an incense burner or something that they're using for the ritual? Uh there are a few pillows that had uh that used to have monks uh, kneeling upon them. There is an incense burner up near where the, the chained woman is. This might be a bit of a stretch, but could and I it, ideally like knock that over at the guy to like distract him before the battle starts? It's hard to think of ways to stunt join battle, but I'm trying. Um, so like if you wanted to like basically like have the battle start in like close range and like you kind of like jump up and like kick the incense and have like the coals and stuff go across the floor. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I dig it. Four. Oh, and then, uh, I'm sorry, I meant to say, since you stunted it, you do get, I'll give you an extra two dice. Five. Okay, uh, so then that is uh, your successes plus three, so you are at initiative eight to start out. Nice. This guy is going to spend a total of nine motes on his uh, on his uh, join battle roll. Ooh. The first is... He's going to end up spending uh, four motes on his awareness uh, 
excellency that gives him an extra four dice but the main thing that he but he's actually going to end up splitting that for only an extra two because he's going to spend five motes from his peripheral to use flash fire technique which lets him join which lets him roll join battle twice oh and take the highest of the two spooky damn okay he goes at seven so he did not beat you is this guy a dragon blooded Brendan? Yes, he is. What aspect? Can I tell? So I am at eight and he's at seven. He spent all of that out of his peripheral. So you see a small, uh, a very faint red aura glowing around him as he begins to exude a little bit of heat. Ooh. Little Imba stepping up. Uh, I guess. What I will do is I would like to advance and do a withering attack to, like, sweep my staff low and knock his shins out from under him, maybe knock him on his ass, or at least push him off balance while advancing. And I would like to use the... Uh, but I'll use Rotten Leaf Arrest. It costs four moats. Silas withering attacks gain plus one overwhelming and knock her enemy prone if it deals damage. And when he crashed by this attack, can't take a move on action on his next turn. I'm not sure if overwhelming is even useful here. I just mainly want the knockdown. Uh, overwhelming is, in fact, very useful. It means that no matter what that you hit him with, um, you're, even if his soak can take everything, it's still going to do that. You're still going to get that many damage dice if you hit. So I have nine total for my dexterity in martial arts. And then do I add anything to that? Uh, are there any uh, charms you want to use for that? I'm using the uh, I'm using the one that gives me the overwhelm on the knockdown, but I don't think any that are going to give me. Actually, I do have the excellency for martial arts, don't I? Uh, I think it's the excellency for brawl, brawl. but yeah. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Become the hammer. <laughs> is, there, is there a limit to how many bonus dice you can get from this? Or is it just per mote? It is whatever that your brawl or martial arts score is. So what is your martial arts score? Uh, five. Okay, so you can get either, um, so you can get up to five dice, and then if you have a specialty in martial arts, you can get a sixth. I do not. She reveal sixes on the damage roll until they cease to appear. Alternatively, she may raise her brawl or martial arts based parry by two. Okay, no. So I'm not going to do the parry. But I am going to do the five to martial arts. So I guess I'll just spin the five motes. So yeah, so I'll give you an extra two dice for that. What that you should be rolling is going to be dex plus martial arts plus the two stunt dice plus five plus the accuracy of your weapon. It is plus three accuracy. I see. So that should be 19 dice. Also, I reroll sixes until I yep. don't have sixes anymore. Okay. Um, before you roll, uh, he does get the opportunity to try to defend before I know what the number is. So as you come in to sweep him, he is going to try to lower himself down into a better uh, stance and is going to spend some moats uh, himself through. Uh, he's actually going to spend four moats himself to up his parry by two, making the uh, his parry defense to a seven. Wow, pretty good. So you roll first. No, I just upped my uh, my eight. Ah, basically, okay. you have to, so your target number to beat is seven successes. Yep. Hold on, and I have to reroll those sixes. Ha ha! 
I'm going to have to re-roll that six. Oh, yeah. Eight. Okay. So with eight successes and his his defense being a seven, you got a threshold of one against him. I also have the plus one overwhelm. I don't know if that's used here. Uh, that might be useful here. Um, so your so your what is your what is Ricky's strength? My strength is only two. So the damage on the weapon is a twelve. You have two strength, so that makes it a fourteen. Mm-hmm. And then you have a threshold of one, which would make it fifteen damage. This guy has a soak of 10, which means that it automatically negates five of that damage, or I'm sorry, 10 of that damage, which means you would be rolling a five. Okay. Three. It's actually really good. And he's always knocked down if he takes damage from a withering uh, leaf attack. You successfully hit him, which makes your initiative go up by one. Then... You hit him for three damage, which takes away three of his his initiative and gives you three. So my initiative currently should be at a 12 then. Yes. And his should be at a six. Uh, his actually goes down to a four. Ah, okay. Oh, when he gets t- to zero, he crashes. Right. Right. So he gets knocked prone. Actually really awesome. I don't think it's that I... And, that, and it's good even in space form without the uh, creature of darkness stuff. That's why I really like the style. Even without Creatures of Darkness, it's still really good by itself. Let me see exactly what the being prone and rising from prone uh, costs real quick, because I've actually weirdly never had this happen. Okay, so I'm going to assume that you are both being martial arts within close range to each other since you had to do this. Yeah. That means that this guy has to take a dex plus dodge against a difficulty of two to successfully rise from prone and not basically just get whapped like by an automatic attack or whatever. Nope. I'm going to like poke and prod him like, oh, a little slow on the uptake day, old man. Come on now. Don't break your hip. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good roll right there. Uh, so as you are poking and prodding him, telling him not to break his hip, he... He definitely rises into the air like fire ascending to heaven. And he stares at you with a upset look on his face. Hmm. Using that exorcist style. How very bland of you. I'll show you what a real martial artist looks like. Please do. I'm here waiting for it. And he will... So as that uh, he eyes you down, you can see that like uh, fire is burning in his eyes as his aura continues to uh, increase in intensity. And you can see him basically like almost showing off, does a does a bunch of rapid katas like punches and kicks. And it now appears to be bouncing a little bit more. Uh, easily than a man of his age should be able to like on the uh, the front of his feet. He kind of has like a very like uh, Bruce Lee bounce to his step. Do I recognize the martial arts style stance that I'm assuming that this is? Uh, yes, you recognize it as fire dragon form. Gotcha. Being an immaculate monk, it's hard not to recognize the immaculate martial arts. And he finishes off his uh, kata with a, like, gesture of, come get some.
And you and the rest of your group now need to buy Desert Bloom three rounds of combat. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. I guess we have to roll for join battle, right? Yep. Okay. If you have any charms or if you want to stunt that, uh, so like if you have like awareness charms, you can use an excellency to up that dice pool and get yourself more initiative. Or if you wanted to like stunt, like basically the best way that I can describe a uh, stunt for join battle, it's basically like, how does, uh, how does Ferris like prepare herself for combat as that she knows that it's drawing in? Well, I know originally I had said that I wanted to, put like desert bloom and the the people that we rescued i guess so basically like surrounded them as like a protection barrier between the uh guys at the end of the alley okay yeah that sounds good um are you going to have uh your your crew do the other side as well i imagine that like you're on one side and the other four are on the other side Yes. Okay. Anything else you want to do? Any excellencies you want to throw in there? I do not have any excellencies to help me with initiative. All right, then. Uh, since you prepped, I'd say uh, I'll give you an extra two dice for, for uh, that. Five successes total. All right. Uh, I'm rolling for your crew right here. Uh, as they're going to count as their own battle group. That is seven. And then I'm going to roll for the people that are fighting against you. Are they all going as one group or are they going as two separate groups? Uh, they are going as one group. So basically it's going to be, uh, there's going to be like three people in initiative order. It's going to be you, your crew, and then the bad guys. Gotcha. Wow. So they got a four. I guess uh, it goes crew, me, and bad guys for now. You're, you don't really have to keep track of initiative as much except for yours. Um, you neither reap nor... Uh, you can lose initiative to them, but they can't gain any, and you can't gain any from them because you're basically hitting like a massive amount of them. All of your withering attacks actually do damage to them. Okay. They on the other hand, can only do damage to you once that you have an initiative that is below zero. Okay. So basically you have to wither them down before dealing damage blows. For them, they have to wither you down before they can start dealing damage. For you, you are just dealing them damage. Got it. Okay. Okay. So starting off is going to be your crew, your crew of misfits. Yeah, misfits is a very good term. The they they have a um I will let you know that they have a collective evasion of 3, a parry of 5 and they have some soak uh on them. The, the their best attack is to get into melee with uh with these people. I figured as much cuz I don't think any of them had any kind of ranged weapons when I met them. So they're going to uh, seeing you and the captain getting ready to uh, defend these people that you had found. And the captain basically, yes, well, darlings, I'm going to need, uh, mm, give me half a minute and then the spell should be ready. Yes. Mm, thank you. And uh, Desert Bloom begins uh, basically 
raising their hand up and you can see uh, sigils in a language that you do not understand appearing in the air before them and motes of essence are being collected from the air and being formed into a spell that they're channeling. But it is going to take them some time to do this. Um, question. Yes. How far are the, uh, are the people from us? They are on their turn going to close in to make an attack. Uh, but right now they are at short distance with you. Okay. Perfect. Uh, your crew is going to run in and make an attack on the people on the other side. They only get two successes, which the guild guards uh, bat away as they uh, come in with their cudgels and other implements of beating down. Implements of beating down. I try. Uh, (laughs) Blackjacks would be also another term. Now it is your turn. Oh, boy. So since they're within short range, I don't need to really do anything to make the range on my bow longer. So with unobstructed hunter's aim, it's an instant, which means it only happens each time I activate it, correct? Correct. All right. I'm going to do... I'm going to use unobstructed hunter's aim... Uh, she may add bonus dice to an archery roll for one moat each, as long as she attacks a living target or an undead one, which stands out as a void in the essence of the world. Each added die negates one point of penalty from visual obstruction. Okay, uh, so how many how many dice, how many moats are you spending? Um, I'm going to spend... Peripheral makes me flare, so I'm not going to... I don't think I want to flare right now. I'll spend... Two. Okay, so that would get you two extra dice. Two extra dice, and they're short range, which gives me a plus four. And then you add in your dex plus uh, archery, I believe. Archery is five, dex is five. So that's ten plus two plus four, sixteen. I'll say if I'm doing withering, I have to add my accuracy, right? Yes, you would add your accuracy. I don't know what my accuracy is. Uh, isn't it that plus four that you said? Okay, yeah, that, that's accuracy, yeah. It just doesn't say that that's accuracy on the on my character sheet. Right, because your accuracy is a little bit weird because you have a ranged weapon. Your accuracy basically changes based off of how close that they are to you. So that's 16. I don't think I have anything else to add to that. The only other thing that you could possibly add to that would be to stunt it somehow. So the only way I can imagine this going is I see them coming into the alley, you know, do the commands for everyone. Not really commands, but I, like I shout for everyone to get in position, protect the uh, protect the people, you know, that we saved and uh, allow Desert Bloom to have time to do what he needs to do. Fight till your last breath, and I'm going to take aim at the uh, group in front of me, aiming at probably the biggest person there, even though it's going to hit everybody because of battle group. But, like, in character, Ferris would aim probably at, like, the scarier looking dude that, like, might 
be more troublesome. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I'll actually give you a two dot for that. Uh, so that is two extra dice and an auto success. So that should be 18 fucking dice for you. So eight successes plus my auto success makes nine. Correct. Um, so you do. So for hitting someone, you do gain a point of initiative. You you still gain the point for hit uh, for hitting. Okay. You just can't take the, like I can't you steal ju- it from yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. You just can't steal initiative from them. Gotcha. Okay, so they have a soak of eight. Um, you so what is your damage? Uh, it says plus nine on the arrow. Okay. Or on the short bow. Okay, so then you are rolling four damage dice. And then after that, you had um, three over on the successes because their uh, evasion was a five. Okay, question. For death from nowhere, do I have to say I'm going to use that before they try to soak? Um, it says as uh, it's an instant. As the dragon blooded draws back her arrow against her bowstring, she withdraws and disperses its weightiness, sending it flying like an ephemeral phantom to pierce her foe's heart. Her withering attack ignores lower of essence or perception points of soak from armor. If her attack benefits from aiming, she ignores higher of essence or perception soak instead. Um, I would say that I would like for that to be declared from now on, but since we're still kind of like learning this and we haven't rolled damage yet, I'm totally cool with, uh, you using the moats for that. Okay. Uh, so what is the lower? I assume that your essence is lower. My essence is two. So yes. Okay. So then you would ignore two points of their soak. Uh, which means you get an, another two damage dice, which means so your damage six. dice would be a six. Yes. Three. Ah, damn. The, uh, your arrow goes through and pierces straight. Uh, were, were you aiming at that guy's head or at that guy's uh, chest? Head. Okay. Uh, question then for you also. Um, well, if it's a bigger dude, I'd, I'd probably aim for the biggest part of him. So actually it would probably be the chest. So my question for you is, is Ferris trying to kill people or is she just trying to like kind of Looney Tunes knock them out? If these people look like they're actively going to kill us, if we don't kill them first, she will definitely try to kill them. Okay, I just wanted to know how to how to describe this coming up. Uh, So as this guy looks like that, he's about to give the order to charge you loose an arrow and it goes right through uh, where that his uh, mouth is. And he, he is just stopped like mid scream and just falls to the ground. Gross. <laughs> uh, seeing you do that, the guild guards are going to close in and go to attack you and your buddies. Before that, I roll dice or anything. Um, they're coming in with uh, so there's a group that's coming in to you with a bunch of spears. Uh, they look like there's like four or five of them that look like they're going to try and like skewer you. Is there anything that you'd like to do to add to your uh, your dodge or uh, add, use any charms before I roll dice? Yes, I have the dodge excellency, threshold warding stance. Two moats per plus one evasion or success. 
Okay, so you can basically spend two motes and uh, up your dodge by one. Um, and for the and real quick for the last one, I just realized it. Are you just spending out of personal right now? The first charm I spent out of peripheral. The second one I was going to do personal. Okay. But this one uh, was going to be peripheral, which would cause me to flare. Because I believe it's what, four? Per, it's five from peripheral all at once. All at once, not per yeah, scene? Yeah, not per scene. Or around? Yeah. I want to say that it's like it has to be all at once. Oh. If I'm okay. wrong about that, I'll double check before next game. Well, I spent four total from peripheral during this fight. Uh, so like I said, they're coming to skewer you. Uh, are you dodge? Uh, you're dodging, obviously. Is there any way that you'd like to describe that dodge to get to boost your defense a little bit more? Seeing that they're coming in close with spears, I'm going to tighten my like shirt and whatever like loose dangly clothes I might have gotten like loosened from dealing with the heist. Get it like get myself ready and then using my performing abilities kind of do like a pirouette type spin to kind of spin out of the way around the uh, tip of the spear. Okay, I I love that. Uh, What is your evasion normally? Uh, My evasion is normally five. Okay, because I like that description, I'm actually going to I'm going to give you a two dot stunt for that, which is going to increase your dodge to or your evasion to seven. And then you spent the two motes to increase it to by one. So that is at an eight. So the evasion is at an eight now. So they have to roll an eight or above to hit you. Okay. It was looking a little spicy there at the end, but uh, they you, <laughs> you managed to pirouette and uh, dip out of the way of the in- incoming guild spears, as that uh, I have been talking about before. But it, now that they're this close, you can definitely see people who have been hired by the guild to do a job as that they have a few little like lapels and things that show that they're uh, members of the world's largest capitalist machine. Thank you all for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not give us a follow on Twitter for more updates as to when we'll be releasing episodes. You can also give us a like or review on your podcast app of choice. Just a few quick button clicks and you can help us defeat the dreaded algorithm boss. The theme song for this game was Main Theme by Alexander Nakarada, copyright 2019, used under a Creative Commons license. And hey, for making it this far, I saw that cool thing you did, so have some stunt dice.